Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hiya and welcome to the show. This podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. Get your 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hiya. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White's here. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Get on board with TSB Plus and you can get the match ball early access when we hop in the studio, virtual studio anyway, and talk about the football straight after each game. Along with that, you get the extra ball and all our podcasts ad-free in one place. Daily email called Propaganda, which saves you the hassle of uh, scrolling through loads of French abuse on Twitter these days. Full access to all our digital magazines, including the very most recent up-to-date edition of that and loads more benefits at the squareball.net forward slash plus. Into the white watching then. And we had a nice sensible 1-0 win at Sheffield United. Back to normal, isn't it? And we start now draw 1-1 with Man City because we fancy it. Easy, easy this Premier League. It was all right apart from the first 20 minutes, wasn't it? Which was a slightly terrifying introduction to Man City. But you know what? It's all right, yeah. Like you say, we're, I think we're, we'll finish fourth quite easily. We're, we're not the only people saying that. There was um, one of the reporters in the Times was talking about us for a European place, top six. Um, and the thing about the first 20 minutes was it's. I'm kind of glad that happened because it showed what City had come to do. And there was the stuff pre-match that I don't think we mentioned on the, the match ball that Pep Guardiola had apparently for the first time ever done a double session with his players to prepare for this game. And I think there's probably less to do with playing Leeds and Bielsa and maybe more to do with the fact that pre-season's been so short. I think there might be some of that in there. But to see the results of that, where we had their three best attackers trying sort of cutting off the supply to Calvin Phillips and the way that they were pressing Melier and setting up to stop us was interesting and it fucking worked, didn't it? Because they scored. But then, even before Bielsa got them in at half-time and sent Pervader on and gave them instructions, we'd worked out how to defeat it and we're coming back into the game. And it was it was interesting, the, the possession stats. We're only the seventh... Uh, it's only the seventh time a Guardiola team has ever been out-possessed in any game ever, uh, any club he's ever been in, which is pretty good. And we'd sorted that by half-time. The possession stats for the first... 20 minutes were about 30% us 
70% then or 35, 65. And it had completely reversed for the next 25 minutes. We saw what they got, weren't much. So we sorted it out. The other thing, where I know, the other stat I noticed from it as well was that Edison made more saves in that game than he has ever before. Well, joint as many anyway. I think he's done it in another two games. He's made six saves. But when you actually look through the shots on target, they managed one in the entire game, which is maybe pointing to the fact they don't have a striker playing. But they do have like, you know, about £400 million worth of other attackers who were allowed to score goals as well and tend to do. So they should have scored. Just looking at the odds, by the way, funny enough, you mentioned top six. We are seven to one. Relegation, 14 to one. So far more likely to finish in the top six than be relegated, according to the bookmakers. And they're never wrong, are they, Michael? They're never wrong. 14 to one. Hmm. It's tempting. I did say I'd moved on from that, so I probably should. Well, let's find out what they thought of this. What does JSGC stand for? It's something to do with Manchester City, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not completely clear. But the the gentleman on this YouTube channel who, um, if you imagine sort of the face of like an 11-year-old with a stick-on ginger soul patch and a moustache, that's what he looks like, painting a picture for you with words. But he describes the purpose of the channel for you. What's going on guys, JSGC here and we are here for another Manchester City video. Today we're going to be doing the fan reaction to the Premier League match day 3 match between Leeds United and Manchester City at Ellen Road. Match has finished 1-1, little bit of a disappointing result this one for Manchester City so we're going to be seeing what the fans are saying out there and their general reaction. What's happening? He's got you're underselling it. He's got a seven seven minute video about review, reviewing a Copperberg keg. If anyone's interested in that as well. But for this uh, video, it seems like he gets people to send in their post match reactions, and um, very interesting. So here here's the view of uh, Saturday's game from Manchester, a Manchester City fan called Mason. Like what was that? One one to Leeds United, bro. Come on, like, the, uh, I don't get it. I I don't understand it. We should not be getting these results. Uh, we can't drop four points three games in the year. It's just not acceptable with the talent and the class we have on our team. Pep's got to figure it out or he's out. Some really insightful analysis there from Mason, I felt. He really got to the, the core of what happened in the game the battle between the two great minds, the tactics on the pitch, the weather conditions playing into it. Some, yeah, some really good stuff in that. I think Mason probably is yearning for the days of Joe Royal. That's the last City team he enjoyed. Get, get Mike Summerby back and Nicky. Get the, the gang back together. Does Mason know that he didn't have to do a video? Because <laughs> he strikes me as someone who's been, you know, you get people coming out of a ground and someone gets their mic pushed in the face. Like, what do you think of that? And understandably, sometimes people are like, oh, Christ, this drawing, it should have been a win. Oh, I just don't know. But he's he's taking his time to go, right, I'm going to send this in. I've got nothing to say, but I'm going to send it anyway. Seeing it, when you watch it, because obviously this is a, a YouTube channel, Mason, um, he does look like Ted Theodore Logan. He's in a, his bedroom in the dark and kind of he's, he's, he's propped this, uh, his camera up, his phone up. So he's, he's talking down to it and he looks proper upset. Bless him. And sending in... Yeah, he's uh, according to JC, JSGC, GS, JS, he sent it in on the gram. Mr. JSGC does then go on with a, a bizarre theory that a lot of uh, Manchester City's poor form is due to 
Guardiola's mother dying from the coronavirus, which is a big stretch. It does felt like an example of how City fans are shook by Saturday. I think they were perhaps expecting to cruise it. And now they're looking around wondering, well, it's Pep out. He needs to get over his mum and sort it out. Michael, you saying there about him, you know, sending in content where he doesn't actually say anything. I mean, we've made 10 years worth of podcasts where we've basically done that. So, you know, got to be careful not to, uh, to be, you know, people in glass houses and all that. I think our talk about the the game just now was was brilliant. We said that we sorted them out after 20 minutes. That was good. We did half an hour on it the other day. Just listen to that if you want to hear us talk about the game. I'm pivoting to Copperberg keg reviews anyway now. 55,000 views, is that on that? That's not bad, is it? For just talking about some alcoholic fizzy pop in a five litre tin. Let's move on to City Extra then. Give us the lowdown on these, Moscow. What have you found? These are an interesting bunch. They, they do the, the watch-along thing. There's two of them. There's a, there's a guy who's probably got the most Mancunian face of anybody I've ever seen. Um, just everything about him and his voice screams just mank. And he has a kid with him. He's got kind of like a new romantic haircut. It's a very nice haircut. It looks good, but I'm not sure if he realises that he's, he's channeling the sort of the, the bass player from Spandau Ballet with this. And his role seems to be agree with everything that the other guy says. And they, they have this weird thing where they keep cutting away to the mank, the head mank is standing behind the bar in this sort of CGI nightclub that has a an old retro shirt hanging on the wall and it's all done in their branding and it looks like a sort of a a nightmare to be honest I wouldn't drink in there um and he just stands behind the bar it, it looks if Ken Bates had finished off his nightclub that he was going to build beneath the east stand I imagine this is what it would have looked like and he stands behind the bar and he just rants on about how Pep is playing Sterling as a striker and he's a winger. He's not a, he's not a striker. He's a winger. It looks like the sort of place you end up on a stag do where everything's horrendously expensive and no one's having a nice time. It's just it's the only place that'd let you in and you're like, oh, Christ. It's got that, it's light, me a headache. that lighting that shows up everybody's dandruff as well. That that sort of purple lighting and you, you realise your, your jumper's absolutely covered. It does have like a chrome and carpets vibe to it. But I wasn't sure from the screen grabs that you've put on our prep sheet. I looked at it and I said, is that a real bar? It's quite well done, albeit without any sort of taste. They can do anything with computers nowadays. But they had some, um, this is from their watch along. So where you get to experience uh, how the City fans heard it. And there is some, we're on the edge of some insight here. A look into the mind of Marcelo Bielsa. If I was, if I was Bielsa now, I would literally be saying... Apps or oh, chance here, chance here, chance here. Big save, mate. Did Kyle Walker then just try and absolutely grab that guy? Yeah, see it. He did, didn't he? He could have gone down then. He, he, that we would, we were lucky there. That guy should have well gone down. He absolutely slammed into him. Look at oh, to be fair, it wasn't as bad he as I thought. Soft, yeah, so yeah. fair enough. I, I thought, I thought he grabbed him, but on second replay, he just yeah, he just yeah, no, nah, it's just it's good it defending. Soft, actually, yeah, good it defending is, and good goalkeeper. I need to question the merits of using the word literally for everything. Everyone's doing it now. Is, I don't know if I'm turning into angry old man shouts at cloud here, but why is everyone saying that people are literally doing things? And also, I think that literally showed the value of VAR. Um, literally, there. he slammed him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh no, it's a good tackle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's, it, he's well, he's well done him. Well shoved him. I thought that, should, that could have been a penalty, in all honesty. I think if Dallas had gone down, that probably would have been upheld as by VAR. But anyway, Stuart Dallas, too honest. We'll get on to penalties in a minute. Their big problem, 
as everybody's big problem was, was basically Benjamin Mendy. They were having a little bit of a chat about him at the end of the first half. Oh, Mendy's in trouble. Mendy's in big oh, trouble. Oh, no. Big, big trouble. Mendy with a foul again. See, this is an issue now, guys. For me, okay, on, I take him back. off. I take him off at half-time because he's had a good half. He's yeah, had a good half. But you, he's a bit stupid, right? And I'm sorry to say that, but he is. And he's just oh, messed up massive. Wow. Oh, what a save. save. What a save Get Mendy off. He's, he's, he's got to come off now because he's just he's just absolutely almost done us. In and that's what I mean. He's in, in the box, passed it to the leads, man. He, he does stupid, stupid, stupid things. Proper stupid. He's, he almost just screwed us big time. Goodness me, that went quite mank, didn't it? Sorry about that, everybody. I know we had the uh, the Scousers the other week, but that's uh, that's equally ear-bleeding. I mean, I, I used to live over there. I'd forgotten what it's like. Proper. Proper. <laughs> He's a stupid, stupid, stupid. So that's just before half-time. And then uh, second half, once Ian Pervader starts tearing him apart, Mendy is a persistent theme. Let's literally play the clip. He needs to take off Mendy because if he doesn't take off Mendy, I'm not going to be annoyed at Mendy. I might be a little bit annoyed at him at the time, but my full anger will then be directed at Pep because it's quite clear to see that Mendy is waiting for this red card. And I feel like Mike Dean, to be fair, you know, he's normally an idiot, but to be fair... He has let him off there. I feel like on that on that What's foul then, he was looking at Mendy going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, now we're in a position... In, don't he's follow. scaring me. He's scaring he's me. He's scaring me. He's scaring me. He's scaring, he's scaring me. me. He's gonna get. He's, he's proper scaring me. Don't touch him. Oh man. JRX, come on. We're getting, we're getting absolutely roasted here. We are getting done. We're getting spun. Chance here for Leeds. Things need to change here. Things need to change. I tell you what, we've only played what a minute, minute and a half of these lads, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> are you proper scared? Proper scaring me. Literally, I, I think I'm scared. If we could take some inspiration from this, because sometimes I feel like we have too much discussion and it would be easier if Michael just agreed with me. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you could just start doing that, like when I say this next clip sounds like the moment that they really got hurt. It proper sounds like the moment we really got It's hurt. the moment they got hurt. This is the moment. Literally proper. This is the, the moment they were proper hurt. It proper is. But it proper is. This is the moment. Leeds are, Leeds are by far now the better side in the second half. Are by far the better side. We have we have no we have no hold of the ball. We're playing like United, sitting back, trying to get on the counter attack, but we've not got any strikers to finish finish the, any crosses or anything in any way. I mean that must have hurt them. You know when a City fan's wounded, <laughs> we're, we're playing like United. The other thing that keeps cropping up in this uh, observation of the propaganda that's out there is opposition fans. I know we have a lot of opinions about Patrick Bamford, but we watch him every week and we blow hot and cold. When he's scoring goals, he's great. When he's not scoring goals, he's not great. But why do other teams have this sort of... I mean, I don't even understand how these guys have heard of him. Oh, don't let it be Bamford. Don't let it be Bamford, whatever you do. <laughs> I've accepted that we're not winning this game at this moment in time. What has happened, man? We used to be mint. Jumping two years ago when we were class. That was a good time, wasn't it? Nowadays. Must be awful for the May spending 100 million on two centre-halves. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I remember them not being class, to be perfectly honest. That's my abiding memory of Man City. I mean, they've got a... In this 
this nightclub, CGI nightclub, they have a big shirt hanging on the wall from 1992, a brother one. They were fucking rubbish. They had Peter Reid in midfield and he was about 40. He was player manager. Niall Quinn up front. Maybe that, I mean, they're all banging on. They've got, they haven't got any strikers just because Sergio Aguero's injured. Try Niall Quinn up there. I mean, he scored a lot of goals. Who hey, Rossler? We had him and he was literally German. He was literally German. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the concluding match action towards the end when the Leif Davis came on and started trying to give them all the penalties, they were livid that they weren't getting any replays and then they did get a replay and then they almost got another penalty and it's fun. Here it is, here it is. That's it's hand. handball! It's hand! It's handball! Yeah. It's handball! It's hand. He stops the ball with his hand! It's handball! It's his hand! And it's got hold of his shirt! It's got hold of his shirt! On, on the other one! It's handball! Why have they carried on? <laughs> They've not given that. It's handball, bro. He stopped the ball from going there. It's an handball. It's an They changed the rule over the weekend. It's an handball. Pep was talking about a changed handball rule, wasn't he? He shoots and it hits the guy's hand, which he... takes the pace off the ball. That's handball. Go on, Sterling. Penalty! <laughs> Penalty! Oh, Come on, what? Oh, what is going on? What is going on? That looked like a penalty. He didn't get the ball. Battles, battles, battles. Come on. Play it. Come on. Come on, Phil. We've got to do it ourselves. Sterling. Oh, these penalties everywhere, guys. But the referee just doesn't want to give us give us anything. Are we going to see a replay on that? Because that is arguably more of a penalty than the handball. Renner says 100% was handball. Yeah, 100% was handball, Lee. That was, that was 100% handball. And we're, we're on through. the ropes. The throw goal. And it's that man, Patrick Bamford. What a save, Edison. What a save. It should be 2-1. He was offside. Come on, carry on. It's some game. Wow. Forward, man. Let's get some energy. Jesus Christ. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds <laughs> me of my son playing FIFA and he's nine. I just want to point out um, a little bit of credit to the, the voice of reason. They don't have a camera on him, but from time to time, you just hear that voice in the background. It sounds like it's the dad just kind of who comes in. It's like, look, they've changed the handball rule. Calm down. And then they're all just like, no, no, no. It's like, he's fucking right. And, it's like, and you just hear him at the end there. It's kind of like, well, they're, Absolutely freaking out. It's good. Good game, this. <laughs> yeah, they completely disregard him, don't they? If, if he's good, no, actually, uh, you're wrong there because of this. this uh, shut up! It's in his hand! It's taking up pace off a ball! Jesus Christ, I'm absolutely knackered. Let's never do that again, ever. <laughs> now imagine that nightclub with that being screamed at you. I mean, imagine being a City fan. It sounds terrible. I assumed they were having a nice time, but... <laughs> I suppose they were back, back when we were class. I know we're in the same sort of genre as them in that we make content related to our football team, but if this is what the Premier League's about, can we just get relegated? <laughs> I like it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, we're eighth anyway, so we're obviously going to qualify for the Champions League, literally. <laughs> I mean, you, you literally don't finish in the Champions League places if you're eighth, but but I think we, if we literally can move our way up there. I agree. I think that's right. Yeah, if we if we can move our way up there, we don't we don't finish in the Champions League for getting eighth. We can prop propo in some games. We're going to get on to transfers ourselves in just a bit, but look out for Phil doing a bit this week on the Athletic. Just how did Leeds fund the transfer window? Because we've spent an awful lot of money, I mean, haven't we? Literally a lot of money. I'm proper scared by the amount we've spent. As well as that, he's going to be talking about the Jean Kevin Augustan mystery explained. Well, sort of anyway. And there's a Rafinha backgrounder coming at some stage too. Look out for the Phil Hayes Show podcast um, later this week. We'll get some some of the background on those stories and we'll 
have a probably more reasoned reflection on the Manchester City game as well and look forward to the international break where we can all catch our breath. You can get all Phil's stuff on The Athletic. doesn't stop there, though. You've got Premier League, football and sport from around the world. One pound a month on The Athletic at the moment. If you want to get involved in that action, it's theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Transfer window, international version anyway, is now closed. And after, a well, bordering on a, a diplomatic incident with the nation of France, we managed to secure Rafinha quite late in the window. It started getting a little bit twitchy, but uh, were you ever worried about this one going a bit, Dan James? I think I felt slightly reassured when the club had let Sky cameras to, into film Angus on the balcony of the East Stand. Because I thought they wouldn't have done that, surely, if they thought there was anything going to go wrong here. I had the advantage of being underneath Leeds Bradford Airport's flight path. So on uh, Sunday night, when this Piaggio P180 Avanti flew over, I've never heard a plane make that kind of noise before. And looking at its Wikipedia page, it's an Italian executive transport aircraft with twin turboprop engines mounted in pusher configuration, which may not mean a lot to everybody. It basically means it's backwards. Its engines point backwards, but it flies forwards. It's fucking mad. Its primary users are the Italian Air Force. So we flew him in in the Italian Air Force jet. And because it made such a weird noise, I went to my uh, plane tracking website of choice, ADSB Exchange, and had a look to see what this thing was tracked it all the way back to Nantes, checked my geography knowledge from school where they taught us that Nantes is the nearest airport to Ron. And I knew there he is, Rafinha, that will be the lad. And so I was um, woke up the next morning when everyone was like, oh, is he coming? Is he coming? Yeah, because I know about planes. I know he's here. Although if you saw the clips of Angus on Sky Sports News, and again, like you, Michael, I thought, well, he wouldn't be giving an interview if this wasn't going well. However, Angus did look quite nervous when it was about, was it sort of 9.30-ish he did the Sky Sports News piece? And he had that look in his eyes as if to say, we've been here before. I think that's just Angus's face. It's not his... And, and we've, we've spoken to him, he didn't look quite as ill as that, but I think it was you, Moscow, described him as looking like he was going to be sick all the time at the club centenary stuff. Yeah, one of the centenary events, the thing at Salem uh, Chapel uh, spoke out. Yeah, he, he turned up and he... He looked, I mean, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning, early to be sweating. But yeah, I think he's just just how he deals with things. The stress of trying to manage Victor Orta on transfer deadline day, I presume, tips him a little bit towards that. So Rafinha, anyway, let's talk about him. Let's be honest about this. Let's be upfront. We're probably just going off the YouTube compilations here, aren't we? 100%, yes. And not, not just that, the anger of Twitter as well. I mean, that is a, a positive sign that the... The Stadron A fans are so upset to see him go. But, you know, I have to admit, well, it's not an admission. You know, I don't pretend to know a lot about football. I've never heard of him until what day were we actually linked with him? Was it Saturday morning? It was Friday night, Saturday morning that it kind of became news that this was likely to happen. And yeah, up to that point, I had no idea who the fucking winger was for Rons. Why would I? We were too busy pretending that we really wanted Cuisance at that point, weren't we? Oh, I knew all about him. Mickey Cuisance, my favourite player. I've been for years. I've tracked him from the youth team and uh, I'd done all sorts of uh, graphs about him when he was in um, uh, whatever club he was before Munich. Can't remember. Because I've replaced it all with my detailed knowledge of uh, Rafael Diaz Belloli, better known as you plebs will call him Rafinha, but me and his mum and his dad call him Rafael. Cuisance was the one who he managed to avoid the draft due to his bone spurs. That's right, isn't it? That's the one. 
I mean, that was quite a spectacular collapse, but it seems like it's for the best. Good luck, Marseille. Apparently he's gone there as a loan with an option to buy for 10 million, which is interesting because weren't we going to pay something? We were going to pay more than that, weren't we? We were going to pay 20, weren't we? And not with a, a little try before you buy either because it's an option of a, load, of a transfer as well, isn't it? It's not an obligation to buy. So they've obviously managed to kind of, I don't know, like a, a dented tin of beans. They've been like, yeah, going to knock a bit off for that. Seems to have some issues. I'd like to think this was the strategy all along, just to cut his value to piss Bayern Munich off. Play the long game and all that. Yeah, Marseille probably would have tried to buy him for £20 million as well, but now they've seen his failing medicals all over the place. It's like, well, if Rob Price says he's uh, he's lame, then half price, maybe. I mean, I wonder what the loan fee is. So they've probably got like hundred grand for him compared to the £20 million that we pretended we were going to pay. And they... Munich did, in fairness to them, maintain that there was nothing wrong with him, which is interesting. It does sound like there's nothing kind of terribly the matter with him. I mean, older listeners will remember Asa Hartford in 1972, who was going to sign for Leeds until a scan revealed that he had a, a heart condition, he had a hole in his heart. and that, So there, there was a big question about whether he could actually play at all with this heart condition. And it turned out once he was sent back, to uh, for Coventry he was going to come from I think they sorted him out and kind of took more medical advice and said yeah actually he can play on and he can have a, a good career but it was the sort of thing that stops a transfer in its tracks but doesn't necessarily stop a player then playing for 10-15 years but it's what you want out of a player isn't it and it sounded like Bielsa actually wants to play him and if you couldn't play him then there's no point in having him you may as well let him go and sort his legs out at Marseille and we'll sign somebody who can run. Well, from what we understand, as Phil reported it, there was a an issue with his foot and it was just like an underlying thing that, you know, if it blow if it blows up this thing and it rules him out for four or five weeks, then, you know, you're then looking at another four or five weeks before you back up to the Elsa speed or whatever. Suddenly you've lost ten weeks and it almost renders it a bit pointless, doesn't it? A blown up foot sounds some somewhat worse than what Adam Forshaw's got, whatever that is. Well, we don't know, do we? It could be a blown-up foot. We've seen no evidence to the contrary. <laughs> have we Have we seen him arriving at Marseille on, on his stump? I was picturing it the other way, blown up like a balloon. <laughs> oh, no, I was thinking like blown off, as in maybe like a landmine accident or something. No, no, I think it's just inflated. So he's he's got one, like he's a globe at the end of one leg. Like a big mascot boot on. Yeah, all he needs to do is kind of put wheels on it and it might resurrect his career. Like a dog with wheels. They're always cute when you see them on funny animal video channels. He's literally on wheels. Back to Rafinha then. Let's talk about him and what we can expect from him. And another not insignificant fee, a fee that's been tweaked downwards to avoid Wren having to pay extra money to Sporting as part of their deal. So it's £17 million plus add-ons, which is going to take it north of 20 Because they bought him for £18 million a year ago. There is no honour in football, is there? It's accidentally. I mean, it's through no fault of our own, but we're screwing sporting. But isn't that where we got Herdy Sacco from? Yeah, he had, he had like a 20, was it even more? It was a six, his release clause was £60 million. Well, they, they frankly deserve screwing over for having ridiculous things like that in their terms. I, I mean, I don't feel any guilt, I've got to be honest. And um, I actually quite enjoy the fact we've, we seem to have screwed two clubs on this one because everyone seems angry with us. What about his abilities as a player based on our limited 
dubstep infused um, compilation video on YouTube because that's all we get these days, isn't it? I mean, it's more than you used to get in the olden days when you used to have to ring club call and find out about uh, somebody being on trial from wherever. And that was all you knew. You just hoped it were going to turn out all right. You might maybe go down to the reserves or whatever and, and watch a game when they're on trial. But basically that was it. At least these days you get a three to four minute compilation over some some raging beats to form an opinion on a player. He looks good, is my opinion, from watching the clips of him on YouTube put together to show how good he is. He looks good on them. Very tricky. Uses both feet, scores some goals, makes some assists, does some nice things. Good. Good player. I think he's got a high skill rating, hasn't he? At least 80. Yeah, skill rating is high. No, I mean, he looks good. <laughs> and <laughs> we now, have, I think the um, maybe the sad part of... Uh, of Saturday's match was sort of seeing the 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 beginning of the, the decline of Gianni Alioski, but also the rise of Ian Paveda, which is exciting. But the thing with um, Paveda as a as a backup winger is he's a child, and then the thing with Alioski as a backup winger is that he's he's maybe not going to cut it in the, the Premier League. He still might, and I think Alioski. We mentioned it in was it the Fulham game where he came on and as a 10 and was like a defensive 10 and just ran around smashing shit up. I think he'll still have that role because he's got, um, I think Alioski has a baseline commitment and surprisingly for him, maturity on the pitch in terms of he will do what he has asked to the best of his ability at all times. doesn't necessarily mean his ability will be good enough, but he'll, he'll commit to what's asked. So he's a, He's one of those players who's a good player to have around. He's the new Chris Kamara. But looking forward, uh, having Rafinha as a, a rival to Jackie and Helder is possibly a good thing. And maybe he's the new Hernandez as well. Don't forget that he's he's an old dog now. It does also open the possibility of moving Harrison or Costa inside as well. I, I, know, I know Bielsa has said in the past Harrison can play centrally and he's said he can use him as a striker and things. So I don't know if he'll, he'll maybe look at some of those options as well. It's just nice to have a bit of flexibility, isn't it? Rather than, I mean, even last time we were in the Premier League, we you know, still ended up playing Jacob Burns in quite a few games. It's good to have some decent players on the bench. And he does look like he's got a bit more, what's the word, kind of inspiration than Helder Costa. Poor old Costa sometimes. He looks very laboured in what he's doing. He started really well against Liverpool and Fulham we played next, wasn't it? And he was looking great and I rate him. But sometimes he doesn't, surprise you you kind of know what he's going to do whereas from five minutes on YouTube I was consistently surprised I never knew what uh, Rafinha was going to do next and he did seem to have that kind of a few more ideas in his mind a little bit like Perveda when he came on when he was up against Mendy instead of uh, it had been Costa against him in the first half and suddenly Mendy just did not know what he was going to do and did not know how to stop him um, having two wingers like that, if we're counting Pervader and Rafinha. Oh, it's going to be unpredictable. Do you think he's going to feel the weight of the number 18 shirt? The new Pontus Janssen. I was thinking the new Thomas Brolin. The uh, new Kevin Nichols. The weight. The new Andy Robinson, speaking of the weight. I missed the uh, the cruel weight reference. He looks a slimmer thing. According to his profile on that there internet, he is only, I think it's 58, 59 kilograms. I'm pretty sure my legs weigh about 58 or 59 kilograms. He's tiny. Michael Cuisson says one of his feet weighs that much now. I mean, he's, um, it's much better to have this lad. He's, he's going to be much more nimble. 
I'll tell you what he does have as well. Another great asset that he has. Dickhead's hair. He's got the capability <laughs> of having a proper dickhead's haircut. And he, but he goes with his face as well. Like, you know, Rodrigo has got... Um, <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hang on a second. Just a minute. Just a minute. He's got a dickhead's face. No, I'm not, I didn't say he's got dickhead's hair, but it goes well with his face. I'm not saying he's got a dickhead's face. Just just wait. Let me explain. Like, Rodrigo, you know, he's had the, he's had the sides taken in Rodrigo, so he's got a little bit of a mohawk at the minute. Have you seen that? Yes. You could argue that the mohawk on a football pitch is a bit of a dickhead's haircut, but Rodrigo's got such a friendly face. Whereas I think Rafinha, he's just got that sort of face that makes you think that's dickhead's dickhead. hair. No, it's not a dickhead's face, it's dickhead's <laughs> hair. There's a, there's a subtle difference. I don't literally want to be accused of calling him a dickhead. But, but look, if you look at the YouTube videos, for example, he's had blonde tips put on before. So if you, if you combine blonde tips with a mohawk, that's a proper dickhead's haircut. Yeah, but that's two different players. He doesn't have, are we combining him and Rodrigo? Is Rob Price or what? I mean, I looked at his face and I have to confess, I thought the opposite. I thought perhaps he does have a dickhead's hair, but he kind of, something about his face looks almost as if he's a bit embarrassed to have it. He looks, he looks very young and his youth shines through in the photographs where he's trying to look older. I think he's trying to aspire to a, a dickhead's haircut. And I think within weeks, he'll have an Ian Pervader, just a, a studied bedhead. His Jimmy Hill beard is very nice anyway. His accent's a bit weird, though. I would watch the LUTV interview where he said that he was happy about 20 times, and um, I didn't really expect him to sound like he was from Warrington. Rafinha, first of all, how are you feeling now you're a Leeds United player? How I feel to be a Leeds United player, I feel really satisfied, uh, really happy uh, with the opportunity, the trust the club has shown in me. Uh, I believe I can show my game, uh, I can show the club my work and why they believed in me. And yeah, I'm really happy to be here, I'm really satisfied and I hope to even in a small part, write my name in the club's history. So together with my happiness, the happiness of the fans with my signing and the directors, uh, I think we can all be happy together. There's an accent that has spent time in the UK's first IKEA store. We can all be happy together. I mean, I wonder if perhaps it was actually the translator's accent that might be what happened there. But it was still, it was coming out of his mouth. So videos can lie. Who is this man? I do wonder if, you know, there were rumours of us going after the other Rafinha at some point earlier this summer. I wonder if somebody's told somebody that Leeds are in for Rafinha and got the wrong one. That could be embarrassing, couldn't it? Is there another one? There is. He was at Barcelona. He's just gone somewhere as well, hasn't he? Has he gone to PSG or something? Yes. Could we have him as well? I must admit, when I heard we were linked with Rafinha, I think it might be Graham Smith caused this problem by tweeting that we were after that one because he did the different. It's with an F in the middle, isn't it, the other one? And I think, I think that is who he initially linked us with. The next thing, if Graham Smith's tweeting about it, it'll be Rafinha with a Y, won't it? And then we'll have all kinds of trouble. Nobody will know what's happening. John Kevin Augustan, no longer a Leeds United player. Who? Never heard of him. Yep, I think that's the official response Leeds have had to him. Just sent him back. Uh, nope, nope. We nope, just nope, nope. keep replying to Leipzig's emails with that Mariah Carey gif. I don't know her. Just put your out of office on. Just, just ignore it. It's fine. Well, I'll do it. Everyone put their out of office on. Then when they send it to the next person, the next person, just loop them around. They'll, they'll go away eventually. It is an interestingly phrased, there was the report of this, that he basically said that he's been a free agent since he's been released over summer. So has no one been paying him? Have we paid Leipzig anything? 
to loan him or have we even pretended that we never had him on loan? I think there was part of that with um, their sporting director pretended despite working for Red Bull advertising fizzy drinks on the back of a what used to be a respectable football club. He pretended to have a human conscience saying that, you know, Jean-Kevin is a, is a person and he's caught in the middle of all this and he's not being paid by anybody and somebody's got to look after him. It's like, well, fucking, maybe you could just give him a lifetime supply of Red Bull and tell him to fuck off, which seems to be what they've ended up doing. It's their fault, not, nothing to do with us. We would have been uh, keeping him healthily supplied like Tony Uboa with all the Yorkshire puddings he could eat. Over there, he's just got a caffeine and sugar addiction and he's been sent to... Uh, I wonder if signing for Nantes is a little bit like crossing the Rainbow Bridge. There is something inherently weird about it, though, because if he is a free agent, then that would be a tacit acceptance that he's not our player. I mean, we're getting into the legal territory here, so maybe Levi solicitors can advise us on this. Unless they say that he's only a free agent because Leeds were supposed to sign him and they refused, so they kind of say, well, that's the contractual the end has come about because of Leeds United, therefore this is all their fault. That might be the way they're, they're going for it. But um, I would be happier if everybody just forgot the whole thing and he just went to Nantes and and that was it because I'm assuming we paid a loan fee. So we did pay to have him here and his wages for the months when he didn't do anything. So we did pay something for him and now he's gone to Nantes. It's very much... Leipzig's decision not to ask for a transfer fee for that so just move on I think that would be the best idea all round also I don't want to give any money to Red Bull Do you want to know who else is moving on? Kasper Slurt it's just been announced that he's left Notts County by mutual consent Is he coming back? I mean we didn't sign a midfielder Rodrigo de Paul fell through Mickey Croissants didn't happen so Kasper Slurt could do a job just a quick uh, nod in the direction of the outgoings then. Barry Douglas, it looks like he could be um, on the way out. Watford. I don't know why I still I still like Barry Douglas because he's never, he's never particularly done very well for us, but just something about him. Just quite enjoy having him around. I think I like his... Um, he seems like quite a nice dad, doesn't he, from his Instagram. Does a lot of nice uh, nice family stuff. I quite enjoyed him on the clips of, uh, of the players celebrating in the East Stand. He was part of the promotion winning team. I don't know. Can't we keep him for a bit? Just not play him? Make him go to Barrow with the under-21s. It is tough on him because he got promoted with Wolves and sold to us and now he's got promoted with us and he's going to get sold to Watford or Blackburn who are I'm not... not going to get promoted again. People get rid of me. They're fucking not going to get promoted though, are they? So, yeah, it is a shame. He does seem... There's nothing wrong with him, but you can't also look at the way he's played for Leeds and say, yeah, you definitely should be in that team. It's always been a, a question... And Stuart Dallas does it better. And Leif Davis has essentially chosen ahead of him on the weekend. So with Alioski able to play there as well, it's, it is probably for the best. He's, he's at an age where he needs to play. He's got that thing as well where he can only really do one job. He's a left back and that's it. And he doesn't have that versatility that Bielsa really values. But it is, it's an odd career because he moved to Poland and Turkey, didn't he? So he's always gone where the games are. So chin up, Barry. It's just a... Blackburn, it probably reminds you of Warsaw. I mean, 1950s Warsaw, admittedly, but... I do like him for the same reasons you identify there, Michael. I think we can separate man from footballer, and I like him as a bloke. I'd go for a pint with him, going back to the old pint test that we mentioned on um, on previous podcasts. Is this somebody I would want to have a beer with? Yes, it is. 
you and him having a pint together, slagging off Rafinha's dickhead face like wankers. Although Barry would actually probably take our side. He would say, no, no, please be friendly to, to Rafinha. He's, he's got a lovely face. You just don't appreciate it. Well, with croissants and his exploded foot, we didn't get a number eight and the number eight shirt remains vacant in the squad list. So what do you reckon to the window overall then? We've spent a fair, fair whack of money here, haven't we? I feel like it must have gone well because because no one's really talking about Ben White anymore. We've just kind of seen we've seen enough of Cock to go. All right, yeah, fine. Actually, probably probably worth doing that because we've we've essentially got two good centre backs. Well, we assume Lorente is good for the price of Ben White, so you, we can't really argue with that. I don't think. And it has been quite smooth, all told. I'm not too worried about the the number eight because. The way we seem to be handling transfers is quite a, an opportunistic thing. Victor Orta has got his famous list of players that we might want and just watches and waits to see if one of them is available. That's what it was with Mickey Croissants, to be fair, was quite a punt because nobody expected him to be for sale when Bayern Munich is selling their other midfielders and he's not really somebody that, a player that people are talking about moving on. But... The opportunity must have been there and we, we managed to do a, a deal to get a player that was not necessarily on the market, but we knew a lot about. Same with The same with Rodrigo, that it was the situation at Valencia where because they didn't qualify for Europe, suddenly they need to move a player on and we can go in and, and get him because we know all about him in advance. It means that croissants doesn't happen, so we can go and make Rafinha happen, even though he's playing on um, Saturday and signing for us on Sunday, Monday. So there's, there's this little kind of, although it, Rodrigo de Paul was obviously a bit of a fiasco in some ways, or at least a lot of it happened through the, the press, there was also just a lot of things that seemed to happen quite easily. The ones that we actually signed, there wasn't much fuss. You didn't hear about Rodrigo for weeks. You heard about it for a weekend. Rafinha, it didn't drag on for weeks. It happened for a, a weekend. And it does make you wonder if the ones that are in the press, that are talked about, are coming from the other end, their agents, their clubs using Leeds United to try and bump the price up or in Mickey Croissant's case, bump the price down. Whereas the ones we're actually getting, they just seem to happen. Best part of 100 million spent though. Does that terrify you, Michael, as a man who hates spending pounds, let alone uh, millions? I think it's so much that it doesn't worry me because it's probably fine, isn't it? I mean, I, I wouldn't have to pay it, but everyone seems to be doing this. I feel like... Last time we went bust, it was just at the wrong time when people were still scared about debts in football. Whereas now everyone's in loads of debt and it all seems fine. And thankfully, um, it's a very reliable period in history to guarantee money from ticket sales, TV revenue, etc., etc. So nothing to worry about whatsoever. Yes, that is the, the concern, isn't it? That where does the money actually come from? And if I suppose if we can't go to games, then... In theory, the TV broadcasting deal should stay valuable because it's the only way anybody can see a match. So you would charge more in a it's a seller's market in, in those terms. But yeah, risky times, but hopefully not a risky amount. 100 million sounds like a nice round figure where they've said, we'll spend that. That's how much we'll, that's how much we've got. 100 million, that'll do, but no more, Victor, no more. And it's not like we've bought idiots. Hopefully, the prices are Rodrigo is high, 
But then 13, 17, 17, bearing in mind the money that people spend. I mean, Harry Maguire, 80 million pounds. You've got to kind of put it against that. And if we do finish top six and knock scum out of the Europa League places in the process, we'll look pretty clever. If we go bust, we'll look stupid. But that's football, isn't it? It is, and we'll be fine. Um, we've been there before. Oh, I mean, the other, that's the thing. We shouldn't really have anything to fear about getting relegated and going bust and going into admin and dropping to the third division because we've done it and now we're back and it's wonderful. So another 16 years down the train, really, it holds absolutely no fear for me whatsoever. <laughs> and Ken Bates is still, um, he's still what is he now? Let's uh, 87 or something? He can save us again. 88, there we go. I look forward to having a 104-year-old Ken Bates taking us back to the Premier League in another 16 years. Susie, telling him, you've got to go in there and save them again. <laughs> Warnock. <laughs> go for the hat-trick. <laughs> Warnock getting off his COVID bed. One last challenge. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're having a jolly nice time in the Premier League. And as we've determined in this podcast already, Europe is nailed on now after these opening games. We've improved it. No two ways about it. We've improved this shit show, made it miles better. We've made it free scoring. We're not just here as tourists like Huddersfield were. We are here to improve your stupid league and fix it once and for all. This is our bit, what's wrong with the Premier League? Another thing we can chalk off the list that we've sorted out for them because we're good like that. Why is it this week? I feel like it might actually be Robbie Savage again, which is harsh because I'm sure he's already been mentioned, but it's it's the thing that comes up all the time. Savage was the man who actually said it this time, but it was it is a common theme now. Just people are obsessed with spending money. Having just talked about 100 million quid then, his solution to Man United getting absolutely 
dry humped by Spurs on the weekend was that they need to spend another 50 to 100 million quid on a centre-back, ignoring the fact that they already did that and it didn't work. And he's played alongside another centre-back who was 30 million quid with another centre-back on the bench who was 30 million quid and another centre-back in the squad who was 16 and a half million quid and another who was 20 million quid. Maybe they should talk about something other than transfer fees. Can I just ask, did Robbie Savage say that? Because I can't imagine it without hearing it from his mouth. (laughs) Only one way I fix this, you need to spend 50, 100 million on a centre-back. Simple as that. You know, there's nothing you're going to do with Eric Bally. Lindelof, these don't know the league. Get Jerry Taggart. Their problems have been that they've spent money on all these players and now these players just don't want to fucking be there because it's rubbish. You can spend £80 million on Harry Maguire, but then he turns up and he's like, oh God, fucking Greek jail was better than this. Jesus. And it's just a terrible place run by horrible people and all the players are twats. And so once you you join, you get sucked into it and you become shit. That's their problem. So they can spend all the money they want, and they are. What work? That's the thing. Harry Maguire was he was the nation's sweetheart, wasn't he? After the World Cup, everyone loved him. Everyone thought it was great. Went there, turned absolutely terrible. Pogba, best midfielder in Europe, went there. Now a pile of shit. They need to just stop buying people. Just learn that this is your new your new position in the league. Now is that you finish about tenth and spend a fortune doing it. They just need to cross their fingers and hope for the second coming of Phil Neville in their youth team. That's Because that's what did them last time, what sorted it all out. I mean, Ferguson's record in the, the transfer market, Mike Phelan, Neil Webb, did he sign them? Maybe it was Ron Atkinson, but he had them. And he did sign a lot of shits as well as the, the good players. There was always, I mean, he could never pick a goalkeeper, could he? I remember Taibbi and Bosnich letting them down. So just rely on the youth team, like, it's the Busby way, it's the Ferguson way. They've forgotten all this and they've ended up with this absolute joke of a team. And it's, I mean, I'm quoting myself here, but I felt like I summed up scum in BYEP column. They've got a bunch of players who don't want to be there. They've got a manager who cannot bear to leave and will not under any circumstances and owners who would rather be anywhere fucking else. And it's just an absolute shit show and I'm loving it. I don't know. We're supposed to be fixing the Premier League, things that are wrong. I think this is fine. I must admit, I also really enjoyed the fact that they one bit of like main transfer business to fix their defence is spending an absolute fortune on an old man to play up front. <laughs> it's, I mean, Cavani is such a... I mean, the fact... I keep looking at this in the context, you know, there, but for the, the grace of Bielsa, but Radritani did have that moment where he was like, oh, I'd quite like to sign Cavani. But there's enough people, at least, I think will just go, yeah, have another drink, Andrea. Let's not bother... Let's not bother with that. But, you know, it'd be fun. Oh, imagine it, but leave it there. Whereas at Scum, they're just like, well, what else are we going to do? He's available, isn't he? I think Cavani seems like he's been sat around. Because I was amazed he was still available, actually, when this link came around. Because didn't he sign for Benfica about three months ago after we were linked with him? But he's clearly just been sat on his hands all summer. Being like, His agents has been like, play cool, play cool. Someone will pay you the money in the end. And he's like, well, Benfica are willing to give me 150 grand a week. That's still a lot, isn't it? He'd be like, no, no, no. There's, well, there's better to come. There's there's some desperate people out there. You just wait, and sure enough, along comes scum. That's the thing. They've done that classic panic buy thing, haven't they? If we need somebody in, 
during the window to show everyone that we're doing stuff. And they've just gone and got Edison Cavani, which does nothing to solve the problem, which is sat on their bench. But you're right, Moscow, you're absolutely right. This is how do we fix the Premier League? This is fixing the Premier League. Watching these idiots spunk all this money over the wall on crap players when it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who is quite clearly the problem, and the people above them. What I love most about this, what I love most about it is that this is the natural end point for what Manchester United is as an entity. And I am going to go slightly more serious now, is that they've grown and grown and grown commercially to the point where they're not really a football club anymore. There is a football club somewhere within it, but it's so reliant on its commercial activity. It's basically eating its own tail now, hasn't it? Football has become a secondary thing. And it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Pogba, Cavani, they had Ibrahimovic the other year. They do just seem like licensing deals rather than actual players to improve the team. I'm sure there's probably something to do with that with Harry Maguire as well. You know, we can his big blockhead will look good in adverts in China. And it's as much driven by that. If they had any imagination about them, they'd have signed Gunnosaurus. That would have been the big move, but they just don't seem to be able to think laterally. I am paraphrasing this, but there was a, a tweet from a Man U fan saying uh, uh, during that Spurs game saying, it's going to take one hell of a tractor partnership to turn this around. Well, I mentioned Levi Solicitors there before in the context of uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin. We've heard from him, he's tweeted. And Levi Solicitors are far more important than Jean-Kevin Augustin now, certainly to us. If you uh, have legal matters that you need to attend to, even if it's as straightforward as moving house or getting yourself a will sorted out, because so many of us don't have wills, give Levi's a shout and they will sort you out and you will get 10% through going through us at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And do not take legal advice from Jean-Kevin Augustin. He does not have a good track record with this. Heroes and villains now then in the final part of the podcast. Good and bad from the last seven days. First is the Ken Bates Villainy Awards. Ken Bates gets the opening nomination. Do we have a, a Ken Bates angle this week? I mean, he's 88 now and he's not saying much, which is nice in a lot of ways. I bet he fucking is. Well, he is, but he's just saying it to um, to the four walls of his apartment, isn't he? Susanna's ears are dropping off. But 10 years ago, he was talking to a journalist about how to run a football club. And I mean, it was, it was very wrong then. And I think it's given the money now in the Premier League and the way the League United as a business is operating, it's it's not aged well at all. But he was, bear in mind, he's talking to um, a journalist over a lunch, which he made the journalist pay for, actually, is the way this, this concludes. But he... He was talking about how to how you need to run a business, and he wasn't talking about TV money or international, you know, international shirt sales or anything like. That. He was saying, "You use the support base to generate the non-football business, weddings, conferences, bar mitzvahs. I preached at Chelsea, and they took the piss. Now they're all copying me." And he's right, isn't he? Because there's lots of bar mitzvah billionaires around running the football clubs. He always seemed to confuse running a football club with running a working men's club. <laughs> you know, weddings, conferences, bar mitzvahs, absolute solid business model. Get people in, get the, the rooms used, get a uh, trade over the bar. You can fit a bouncy castle in some of the big ones, can't you? That'll, be, that'll do for the kids' parties. Parties, events, make sure that you're the place that when Christmas party time comes around, every office in the, the town is trying to book you. But a football club, a bit different. And also, he was talking about um, weddings, conferences, bar mitzvahs. The, um, we had a big income stream from the Jehovah's Witnesses who used to hold the uh, their annual conference at Elland Road until he fucking slagged them off 
for <laughs> what was it? Was it because they were getting in the way, or did he make some crack about them always tidying up after themselves? So they went right. Fuck this. Leeds Arena's open. We'll go there instead. And so we lost that business because of this fucking fool. Do you know what? Looking back on it, he was so into events management. He should have just stuck to that, shouldn't he? He should have just bought the Sun Pavilion in the middle of Harrogate and just put on weddings and shit there and just left us be. Maybe, you know, see if some nice Harrogate hotelier would team up with him to do that. Plenty of money in Harrogate as well. He'd have been happy as Larry, just leave Leeds United alone. I think he liked the profile of a football club, didn't he? But he just couldn't get away from this. Like he was he was obsessed with the fact that Bolton had a hotel and were dead successful. And then, you know, you look at Bolton now and it's not really saved them, has it? Hotels don't make very much money. He could never really get over that. That hotel was an absolute money pit for Bolton. It's part of the, one of the main things that led to their demise. And it's funny because he, he says, you know, I preached at Chelsea, who took the piss. But he didn't go back as far as Oldham where it was all the same stuff, where they built a new stand with a conference centre. It was going to have a roller disco and it was going to be, uh, there was the radio station and he, he got rid of the, the programme and replaced it with a newspaper that he used to slag off the people of Oldham. And it's just, it had been the same thing since 1965. Brilliant. Which is why I think, yeah, running a working men's club would have been much easier for Ken Bates. Although, to be fair, you've got to have people skills to do that kind of thing. You've got to be nice to the clientele and understand what your customers want. Was going in there and having that fucking rap behind the bars going like... Or drinking wine, buy this or fuck off. You'd be like for Basil Fawlty in charge. It's hilarious that all the things he tried to do, like your local newspapers on the bones of their arse, local radio stations dead, all the stuff that Ken wanted to do. Brilliant. Right, who else? Uh, Gareth Southgate. It's, uh, uh, it snuck up on me, but there's another international break. There's three games in this international break. How unnecessary. But he's overlooked the form striker in the division for some reason. Um, so Bambo, I don't know if he's still... Got Robbie Keane's number, but it's time to maybe maybe fuck off Gareth Southgate because he's a fool. I'm I'm glad he's not involved at the moment because this does give the opportunity that they can spend the next two weeks in training. Rafinha practicing crossing for Bambino sorted so that when they uh, go to Wolves, it'll be all sorted out. It'll be absolutely perfect. And a Brazil call up maybe waits for both of them. It's I'd love to see Bamford for Brazil. And bumping up his uh, hero nomination, discovering that City fans hate him. Don't know why, don't know what for, but hearing they're tired on now. Not Bamford. Good. More of that, please. Do we need to give a nod in the direction of Sky for their transfer deadline day output? I've not got too involved in this in recent years because we'd never buy anyone. But last night I wanted to see Rafinha and I wanted to see him on the balcony of that East stand, which in fairness, the coverage was that shit. It, the club announced that he'd signed and they didn't even mention it for about an hour on there. So they were not keeping up with it. But instead they had Harry Redknapp on, just giving absolutely pointless opinions on everyone. Just every every single person that were like, oh, West Ham have, have released Jack Wilshere. And he goes, oh, yeah, fantastic player, str- uh, strong, good feet, passing, heading, kicking, good, good, good lad, um, arms, legs, fantastic, yeah, good club. Fantastic. And it's just that for every single person, just just listing off football. Throw-ins, he does the throw-ins, he kicks, the kicks, he's a good club. No, he's a good club, he's a good signing. He's a good good player, good club, good legs, good arms. Terrific. Head in, uh, terrific, chesting. He can, he, can, he can score goals, passes it. He's, um, he's, he's, very, he's very good, good, good boy, good lad. Just that for hours, waste of time. You do need that reassurance sometimes when you don't know much about the player coming in. Uh, Harry 
Is he a footballer? Yes, yes, he is. Oh, oh thank, thank Christ. Thanks, Harry. Neil Warnock's been moonlighting on you, Moscow. Have you heard this? I mean, I think I said it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's play I it. Mean, Let's play it. And then, um, and then you can okay. comment off the back of it. Here we go. Is there is there uniting factors for for a happy time as a manager when you look at them all and say ah there's some things that have been the same at each club? Absolutely, yeah. Getting the getting the team spirit going, getting getting a group of lads playing for each other, believing in each other. Possibly not the best group. I've never really had the best team in the world, um, but I've had some great team spirit. I've had some great success with the, the promotion lads and they still get together you know every 10 years and it, they, you know even Brownie will still keep coming back to Bramall Lane um, when we have our reunion it's, it, they're a great great bunch and I'm really proud when I think back at the fans <laughs> he so very nearly says that his current team is shit doesn't he just harking after Brownie I don't know when were they promoted with uh, with Warnock oh god it was like 2007 or something it was a long time ago Every 10 years suggests decades ago. Well, exactly. So it's like they get together every 10 years. They've got together once. Oh, he always comes to our reunions. The one, the one reunion we had, he came. He doesn't even know which club he's managing, does he, anymore? He just falls back on, oh, Brownie. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not talk sport. This, you're actually in charge of a club. He's, oh, whatever the best players. Oh. Has he gone back to them yet? I've, I kind of... Uh, checked out of the Warnock news when I found out he'd got coronavirus because I just thought well let's just hope he survives so I can carry on taking the piss but where's he at is he well <laughs> has he even gone back to Middlesbrough the last I heard he was trying to manage them by Zoom it's working for West Ham let's give a nod to uh, Loco underscore LUFC on Twitter who flagged this one up for us uh, Steve Nickel. I remember Steve Nickel was I'm sure at some point he was an alright footballer but I remember him as the fat bloke who played for Liverpool for no real reason. I could never quite understand what he did. But he was covering the um, the Leeds-Man City game for, I think it was ESPN or somewhere anyway. But given that game was so joyous and there was so much in it, I, I was listening to the Guardian Football Weekly podcast and Philippe O'Claire was on there talk, talk, like, saying it was like poetry and this sort of thing. And, and it was. It was a great game. Everyone agreed. But this is what Steve Nicholl took from it. Manchester City won. Leeds United won is how it finished at Ellen Road. Uh, what a game this was as we welcome into the show. Stevie Nicol and Frank LaBeouf. Uh, Stevie, thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> um, it depends what you like, Dan. If you like to watch two teams just going up and down and up and down with no real control, coughing the ball up and then the other one goes at the other team they cough it up and then the other one goes back again if you like that then yes uh, entertaining but from from purely a technical point of view I, I, I don't like it I like I like games where there's a semblance of control uh, and probably for 25 minutes at the start City were in control uh, and and couldn't I didn't let Leeds United out after 25 minutes though it just in my opinion, the, the technical side of the game just deteriorated where the second half became just you have a go and we have a go. So, listen, it depends what your taste is. I like a, I like a little bit of uh, a bit of control. So, Steve, uh, do you like Christmas? Ah, well, if you like seeing kids unwrapping presents and then unpackaging them and playing them with joy on their face, then fine. But I'm not into that. Do you like? Did you like your meal? 
Well, if you like flavours and textures, fine. I prefer white bread, just by itself. No butter on it whatsoever. Leave it out on the side for a bit. That's how you like it. Jesus Christ. What a, I mean, that's... If you want to hear a Dower Scotsman use the word control, it's controlled. You need the control. There's about 10 minutes of him fucking droning on on YouTube. But Christ almighty, just do it. get a different job, Steve. You're going to be a football pundit. If you watched that game and all you could take from it was that it was shit, just go and do something else. I did like that he, he tried being a manager of um, the New England Revolution after Prince had resigned. He took over. And Nichols' revolution, according to Wikipedia, had the unique distinction of not scoring a goal in regulation time in the first three of their four MLS Cup final appearances, losing all four. So I think the um, the control that he likes is the other team controlling and winning. That seemed to be his attitude to control. I love that game. Revolution. Didn't get a touch. Brilliant. A nice controlled 3-0 defeat. Perfect. <laughs> It was a joy to watch. Who is your um, Ken Bates villain of the week? I feel like we should give it to Steve Nichol. Yeah, definitely. And you, what you said to introduce him was right. He was at Liverpool for 13 years. He was their right back. And every season you would think, surely Liverpool can get a better right back than this fucking idiot. But he would always be there. And I assume there's probably, I don't know, there's probably some end terrorist near Anfield that's got a big fucking mural of Steve Nichol there that's claiming he was better than Roberto Carlos. But... Now I think of it, there was talk in uh, 89 of Mel Sterling going to Liverpool. I think he would have taken over. But he was fucking rubbish. But he enjoyed being rubbish, and that's the important thing. Andy Hughes Hero Award, right at the top of this list, Wilson of LUFC social media fame for his fish and chips response to that dreadful insult from an angry Frenchman. It almost got a bit too big, did this one, because it was nice when one of those things, if you were on this early and you were just discovering it, it was... It was glorious to say a Frenchman translated as go fuck your mother with your fish and chips country. But it was great. And um, it was good to see people hating Leeds again and also good to see Leeds embracing it. So nicely done. Are we going to give a nod to some of our players then as well as the uh, the staff? We'll go for Rodrigo. First goal, great performance, yeah? No control in the performance. It was very disappointing. He should have just passed it square. Put it out for a throw-in! <laughs> For my favourite from the weekend, I think uh, Steve Nickel would have had a fit about the way Ian Pervader played, but I thought he was wonderful. And um, he's attracted the attention in South America as well. There's suddenly reports about the the new uh, jewel in Bielsa's team, and um, I'm very happy for him. I hope he gets a Colombia call-up, Pervader. I, lo- I like the idea of us having a Colombian, who sounds like a little chirpy cockney. Well, that's what confused me. People who, um, not his Cockney accent, it's better than um, Rafinha's Warrington accent, but the um, people who get the propaganda emails were read to the bottom of Mondays and got the um, the correspondent for Le Nation, um, who I thought was getting a bit carried away at the end because he said that, he, um, that Perveda was the key on the right to drive Mendy crazy to get a valuable draw for the newly promoted Leeds. It seems that it is a matter of time before Perveda plays for Colombia and wins the title with El Loco. Which I thought seemed a little strong. So um, a hero nomination as well for, I forget who it was on Twitter, somebody recommended a better translation than Google Translate, deeple.com. A little bit more sanity, the proper version was. It seems it's only a matter of time 
before Perveda plays for Colombia and earns a starting place with El Loco. You can see how um, these things go wrong. Yep, he had a great game. And who else do you want to nominate as heroes? I mean, whether he should be a hero or not, I don't know. But just Chilino, because it's it's not up in intervals anymore, is it? And he's in he's in his cycle of of despair that he goes into, and he's once again saying he'll give the club away. And he's turned his phone off. Oh, Massimo, why would you do this? Why would you do this every time? You're uh, you're underselling it. The actual, it's always worth going to the actual quotes from Massimo, who, if I remember rightly, it's a long time since we heard from Chilino, but he used to be French, didn't he? After 30 years in the world of football, I had never been thrown by players. People who wanted to be sold, otherwise they would have gone into depression. They don't even have an ounce of education. I have five phones. They are all turned off. Why do they call me when the sports directors are there for a reason? <laughs> if someone interesting comes forward, I give him the club. Uh, it's absolute classic Chilino. Not really, I have five phones and I don't Why want... do I have all these phones? It's too stressful. <laughs> he bought them all, Massimo. But why? I got the fucking... This is a Nokia 3210. It doesn't even fucking work. On 3G, I get nothing. This all, like, he's bought Brescia and then he's like, why are people phoning me about Brescia? <laughs> I get another phone. That'll fix it. <laughs> this one has snake. <laughs> I buy all my phones. I put them all in the box. I leave them in the garden. Then what do you do, eh? <laughs> are those all your nominees? I was just to add to that because Andrea Ratrizzani is always on about how he might buy an Italian club to form a network with Leeds. I mean, Brescia is there for free. Can <laughs> <laughs> we have it? He's worked with Cellino before. I mean, yeah, actually. Yeah, let's put a bid in. Shall we buy Brescia? They've got a nice kit. I don't know how we do it, given we can't get in touch with him. Sporting director. Try and find out. He's probably he's sacked the sporting director. He doesn't. He's just forgotten. Oh, no. He's rehired him. Hang on. He's rehired him. Uh, who's your hero of the week, then? I feel like Cellino. Yeah, you can have it. Why not? Apologies to Brescia fans. His attitude towards the transfer deadline day. I mean, we've we've heard more of the details. He essentially did this when he was at Leeds, wasn't he? When the famous don't go to, to bed yet incident, he was in Miami with his phone off. And um, he always seems to have a, a habit of deciding, oh, it's going to be the busiest day of the year. Oh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> You know who worked transfer deadline day? Dickheads. Not me. <laughs> he wakes up in the morning and spent all his money on fucking Mario Balotelli. Why is he here? <laughs> I got a massage and another mobile phone on the way. No problem. <laughs> yes, and it's a stark reminder of how much better things are these days. And it's a clear bit of, of context for the oasis of sanity we seem to have found after so long dealing with absolute idiots. Bloody hell. Well, yeah, well done, Massimo. Thanks for that. Enjoy, enjoyed that. And that just about wraps up this one. If you want to get involved with the daily propaganda email that Moscow referenced before, that comes as part of our TSB Plus subscription, full digital access to the magazine. And you can get all these podcasts ad-free on one feed on your mobile phone. Head to thesquareball.net forward slash plus. And we'll catch you next time. The Square Ball Podcast. 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.